taken by Sean Marion. We'd like to thank all of you for Wild results, yeah, between uh, the FCAC, which has just become the gold standard of this entire season. I haven't seen a great FCAC uh, schedule like this, or just results on a weekly basis like this ever. I would say, but the thing that comes close to it is 2009, when it was like back and forth, back and forth. Central beating New Canaan and Greenwich losing to New Canaan on a hook and lateral. It's just crazy stuff in 2009. I wrote about it in Game Time CT. But uh, so we finally have what we want, Pete. We have number one, Darian, going to play St. Joseph at Darling Field. One versus two for the first time since actually the 2019 Class L final between St. Joseph and Hand. One by St. Joseph, 17 to 13 in a game that was their third straight consecutive state championship and in a different class every year. I'm excited. This is kind of like what we wanted. Yeah, Darian Newtown was the big early season one, but this is definitely the one that's going to really define the rest of the season. Yeah, I think this is the one that was circled on the schedule at the beginning of the year for all of us. We were like, they just got to get here. They just got to get here. We were even talking last week. Like, what if one of them loses? Will they still be one too? Um, you know, this, this game is for all intensive purposes, this is who is going to be number one at the end of the year. Yeah. The winner of this game, if they both go on to win state titles, will be the number one team at the end of the year. Yep. A game in October will decide who is number one at the end of the year, unless crazy things happen. But I mean, that's 
that's pretty wild. I mean, for a regular season game to determine who the voters will pick at number one at the end of the year. Yeah, we've had several of these over the years. I mean, the one that really pops out to me is hand at Xavier 2012, which despite everybody's memories was not a one versus two game. It was actually number three hand at number one Xavier. And I don't off the top of my head, I think it might have been in Canaan or somebody, or maybe it was in St. Joe, who knows? Uh, maybe it was Greenwich. I, I don't remember, but uh, it was hand three Xavier one. And the winner of that game hand would go on to win the class L title and subsequently the class of the, the number one team in the state. And fun fact, I've been to every single one of these last uh, few one versus two games. So how about that? I mean, I yeah, be there that's Saturday. why I was going to say, that's why I'm not even like, I'm not going to be there on Saturday. I'll let you go. Yeah. So nice of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, but it, we were close. We were close to not having this show up. And then that's just been the FCAC all season long. Like St. Joseph, let's talk about them. You know, we thought they were going to have a lot of trouble with Ridgefield and sure enough, going up to Tiger hollow to their auxiliary field. It was kind of a wild game. St. Joseph going up there and they were, uh, they were up 10 to uh 10, seven early late in the game. And then, Richfield comes right back with Keller to Colsey and uh, takes their first lead with about seven changes left, maybe just a little under eight minutes left. And St. Joseph, as they've done all season long, right back. Matt Morrissey, the TD pass of Brendan Arroyo, and they take the lead back 17-14. Dallas Morgan with the big pickoff as Richfield tries to drive for the, the uh, go-ahead and eventual winning score. Dallas Morgan with the pickoff, and that is that. St. Joseph wins 17-14, and... Uh, you know, we thought it was going to be a tough game, Pete. Your 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 guys from Ridgefield, they showed up. Yeah, they in both their losses, they played really well. And, uh, I mean, there's no such thing as moral victories, especially when you're playing for points in a playoff spot. But uh, I think this helps them going into their next week game or their game this upcoming weekend. Well, yeah, well, let's talk about that. I mean, <laughs> listen, the FCX games this week are going to be ridiculous. Uh, you know, we wrote about it in Game Time CT, you know, Lou really Marinelli walking up to you, and then I called them later. Lou, uh, let's can we get all these <laughs> three games at Boyle Stadium? I mean, and that's not even talking about Staples, which has come back a little bit here. Four and two now, they're going to play Norwalk the night before. Norwalk is what oh, we'll talk about the top 10 in a second, but Norwalk was ranked number number eight in the last poll. But uh, that's a game people are kind of forgetting about. Then you come around, turn around, and it's Saturday, it's uh, so Ridgefield is going to Wilton. And Wilton's Pete pulled off a huge win uh, against uh, New Canaan, their first since two, uh, since 1995, since Tom Fujitani himself was roaming the sidelines at the at Memorial Stadium. Pete, what happened at, at the Don? Excuse me, what happened in this game? Grant Masterson and Parker Woodring happened, and they were without their running back Jake Chalmers, who only played in the first quarter. He got banged up at the end of the Darien game. Uh, Parker Woodring is awesome. He's one of the best wide receivers that I've seen this year. Uh, Grant Masterson can move the ball. And, and this, you know, New Canaan defense that I heard so much about how good they were, this and this, like, they did not play well at the beginning of the game. They were, you know, Willen went up 14-0. Um, you know, there was a chance this could have went to 21 nothing. Uh, and, you know, New Canaan clawed back, and all of a sudden we're roaming the sidelines. I'm talking to Dave Stewart. I'm like, is this going to happen again to Willen? Like, they're going to take a lead. They're going to hold the lead for most of the game, and then they're going to blow it at the end like they you know, did against Darianne, where Darianne was able to score three touchdowns in the final 10 minutes uh, to win by 20, but they kept fighting. They had a huge interception 
um, with with New Canaan inside the 10 on a tip ball. Then, of course, Wilton gives it back two plays later. Uh, but they were able to hold New Canaan off the board. And uh, then Grant Masterson went to, went to work with the tie game, moving the ball down the field, um, and lined up for the game-winning field goal for Michael Cooper. I will say this about Wilton. They tried to give the game away a handful of times. I mean, they could not stay out of their own way with taking penalties. I mean, they faced – their first touchdown they scored was on 30 goal from the 24. I, wow. You can't make those mistakes and expect to win games. Yeah. And I know Coach Denunzio was not happy about, you know, the penalties that his team took. They were able to get uh, – they were able to beat New Canaan. But even Dave Stewart was telling me, like, they took a lot of penalties against Darian too. And you're not going to be able to do that against Ridgefield in a rivalry game that is – really really heated even when the teams aren't that good um you can't make that mistake in a game and expect to win or, or be competitive in it um so i'm pretty sure they'll be working on that this week heading into the ritual game but i mean amazing win first win since 1995 i was in kindergarten um you know ej was pumped was pumped after that game you know parker woodring was pumped michael cooper i love kickers they are the – no one ever talks about them unless they make a mistake or, or they do something great. And uh, after you kick the field goal, like, everyone's going, I was like, dude, like, how many high fives did you get? And he's like, that's the most high fives I've ever gotten, ever. <laughs> like, no one, like, no one, like, remembers uh, kickers until they do something good or bad. But and he was a soccer player, in, right, Pete? Yep. He came over this year. Uh, he wanted to play football. I think he told Dave Stewart, like, you know, he just wasn't really feeling soccer. Oh, Willen's a great soccer school. Yeah. You know, to come over and play football. I mean, that normally doesn't happen at Wilton. Lily went there. Yeah. I mean, it's just a great soccer program, boys and girls. And, uh, you know, he came through, though, with a big, I, you know, I said, sure, I go, man, well, this kid already kicked like a 33 yarder in the first half. I was like, he can kick. Like, if they could get range, like, you know, but they got close and then they got pulled back and then they had to get close again. Like, they just, they almost gave it away. And I, I don't want to take away from them, but just like, you know, maybe a different New Canaan team or, you know, from years past would have made them pay for it, but not yeah. this New Canaan team. No, New Canaan, like you said last week, New Canaan's got a lot to work on. Their offense has not been their bread and butter. They can score, but it's just not when they absolutely need. Well, I think when they absolutely need to score, they could probably score. But, you know, there was a point there where I thought they were going to win that game. And like, as you said, but Wilton pulls it out, you know, and now they go into, you know, they go, at least they get home play. Ridgefield. And there's been so much bad blood over the years between these two. And I remember going to see my first game. They used to play on Thanksgiving for a little while. They played this game and uh, it's wild to think that I was a senior in high school the last time Wilton beat them, 1993. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, they didn't play for a couple of years after that. I think there was another stretch they didn't play, but I went back and looked at it. Uh, you know, there's been plenty of close calls over the years. Um, it's not like Seymour versus Ansonia or anything like that. So uh, but uh, there's been plenty of close calls, and Wilton certainly, um, you know, has had chances. But you know, like I said in the column this week, maybe this is maybe this is different. I don't think they've had the type of caliber players that maybe they do have now. They've had some good ones, you know, good ones over the years, and there have been close calls. But I don't know. Will they? Will nerves get to them? I mean, certainly uh, they have shown us something those last few weeks. They took Darian to the limit, then they beat New Cannon. But now, can they finally take down the White Whale, Fujitani Field? two o'clock that's the game you're going to right Pete? i will be there uh that is my um what is it my concession prize 
Uh, yeah. Well, no, my uh, yeah, my consolation prize. But I would love the, the last time. The last time my consolation prize was Newtown Darien. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I like I like my odds. Oh, God. Anyway, another eye popping result from the FCAC, which sets up another big game. Speaking of New Canaan and speaking of Greenwich, Greenwich has come all the way back now, Pete. 44 to 12 over Trumbull. And the age old the question that will never be answered now by me or anybody is who's better? Greenwich, Trumbull or Shelton? <laughs> no idea. I go Greenwich over Trumbull, but Trumbull over Greenwich over Shelton, but Shelton over Greenwich over Trumbull over Shelton over Greenwich. What a wild, you know, the circle of strife, as Ned Griffin likes to call it. Uh, Cardinals fresh off their four point win to a uh, four point loss, excuse me, to St. Joseph. I'm looking at a three loss season and everybody kind of wondering what's wrong with you guys. Can't you win the big game? 13 to 12 halftime. It's kind of back and forth. Then Jack Wilson, like the second or third play of the game, hits James Babb for a 49-yard touchdown, and we are off the races. Sergo Boone hits a field goal, and then another 72-yard drive. Wilson touchdown. Next thing you know, it's 30 to 12. He had a John Skiarata interception, 55 yards, and it just got away from Trumbull. And, and Corbin Smith, our guy, completely held in check. A couple of early touchdowns, but none of those breakaway things there. And now Greenwich really looking good as they head back home to face New Canaan in a game that the first time those two teams have met since the 2008, sorry, the 2018 class double L championship won by Johnny Marinelli's Cardinals over Lou's Rams. And uh, well, Johnny's not there anymore, but uh, certainly Greenwich has won the last few games over, uh, over New Canaan. Can they win it this time to keep their double L championship uh, hopes alive? It's interesting. So on the pick show, I tried to go back. I couldn't find the last time when New Canaan lost back-to-back games in the regular season. Um, couldn't find it. Could it have happened at the end of the year, and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs? Maybe. Um, but I haven't seen it in the regular season. That said, Greenwich this year, if you want to look at their schedule, they opened up with a win, then they beat Richfield 2-0. Loss, win, loss, win. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, the loss to St. Joe's, was, again, no moral victories here, but Greenwich played really well in that St. James in that St. Joe's game, but which Greenwich team is going to show up? I think Greenwich is rolling right now. Um, I think they're really good, but you know we'll see. It's, it's going to be another good one. Yeah, it's fascinating. So a couple few weeks ago, I saw Greenwich play Fairfield Prep at their spot, and I almost fell asleep. I said it straight up. I go, that was a boring game. Turns out I was watching some like defensive struggle, like this epic struggle of defenses. I mean, no, like, you know, two great teams that just weren't going to give an inch. And I think that's what it was looking back now. Sure, it was a snooze fest. There wasn't a lot of points scored, but there's some good defensive plays. And Greenwich really, like, that was the week after they lost to uh, to Shelton. And everyone was like, they're done. They're finished. And then they come back. And that's also saying that Fairfield Prep is actually pretty good, too, folks. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I know we gave them a little heck. Uh, or hell, whatever you have with the with Hill House. But, you know, every time so often, some teams, some teams are going to face teams. They're going to give it their best. And I think they just got their best from Hill House that time. They still won the game. Uh, you know, does does Fairfield properly blow your doors off? And you're like, wow, watch out for this team. No, not really. But it's mostly because it's just the defense that kind of does more than the offense. You know, the offense, you're still waiting for so that that playmaker kind of almost like we were waiting for Greenwich, too, you know, but yeah. they do have guys and so does. Uh, new can't sorry so does uh fairfield prep you know fairfield prep had a had a big win over fitch last week 
you know, nothing doing there. They are rolling back into the, the picture here. They got Shelton in two weeks. Two weeks. Get your tickets now. Shelton <laughs> versus <laughs> Shelton versus uh, uh, Fairfield Prep. Where is that? Is that a Finn Stadium? That is at Rafferty. No, it's at Rafferty Stadium. So, guys, I expect everyone to pack that place. We'll be looking at a game of the week uh, <laughs> next week for that. So, Pete, we haven't even talked about the top 10 heading into this big showdown this week, but let's break it down real quick. Not a lot of change. Number 10 is Killingly. They won, beat Monfield 47 to 13. Number nine, Shelton, as we talked about, 49-18 over NFA, their buddies. They get Newtown this week in another barn burner Friday at Finn Stadium. Number eight, Norwalk, no change there. They play a resurgent Staples Friday at seven. Ridgefield at, has fallen from four to seven. Might be a little bit too far, but they play Wilton. They'll, they can prove it Saturday, 1 p.m. at Fujitani Field. Number six, New Canaan falls from three to six. Number five is Fairfield Prep. They beat Fitch 42 nothing. They play Harding, which is another game they should probably win. Hall sitting in there at number four, which, you know, I don't vote Hall that high, but uh, they beat up on Berlin. They just keep winning. Have a glass and team that has struggled for the most part. So that's number four, Hall. Number three, Granite. They were five. They bump up with two losses, which I don't remember the last time I've seen a number three team with two losses sitting there. Not when a number five, not when the number six team has one loss. Yeah. No, no, certainly not. I mean, you know, I've never seen a four and two team or two team with two losses over a number over a unbeaten team, unless that unbeaten team was from the CTC or something like that. Crazy. Then, of course, number two, St. Joseph. And number one, Darianne, the big one. Number one at number two this Saturday, Dowling Field. And coming on to talk about it with us right now is columnist Jeff Jacobs. And joining us to talk about that big game, the game of the century, or, or is it the game of the century two, or what is it, Jeff? <laughs> I don't well, know. I uh, like the... I like to call them game of the year and then game of the year. I've already had one with Darian Newtown and now this one this week. And then as we get to the end, then I up the ante to game of the century. Right. So joining us is Jeff Jacobs, our <laughs> columnist, who's actually, believe it or not, seen both Darian and St. Joseph, uh, whereas Pete's only seen St. Joe many times. And I haven't seen either live other than film, So which is just kind of a weird thing. So you're in a unique position to give us your thoughts on the game of the century of the year of the decade of the whatever. All right. Um, I've seen Darian play Newtown and wear them down. And then I saw them on, uh, uh, on the day.com uh, game where they just humiliated NFA. And then I saw St. Joe's come back against a really good Greenwich team. So that's sort of my, my basis. Um, I, 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 I kind of listed the pros and cons of this and I've come up with way more pros for St. Joe's. And I, I have been voting Darian number one. First of all, they won 29 in a row. And I know that's not this year's team, but they haven't lost since September, 2017. That's huge. They, they won that many games for a reason. In a row. 18. They've come back twice in games. They've shown more flexibility to come back in big games than anybody. They came back on Greenwich and they came back this past weekend. Um, their quarterback, Mr. Morrissey, can beat you with both his feet and his arm. He's a clutch player. Number five, Maxwell Warren is a problem for anybody. And if they 
teams want to stop him. There's Arroyo and Hutchinson. So that, that I think their versatility uh, is, is born of a number of quality players. Uh, they have as good a coach. I think they probably have the best. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they have the best coaching staff in the state. If not the best, I can't yeah, name they're them. They're up there. They're certainly in the in- – I mean, there are a lot of guys really do a good job there. Uh, they have home field advantage. Although in that park, I've seen the other side load up pretty good, like Greenwich the other week. They load up really good on the other side. So there's, there's noise. Uh, they also have adding to the home field advantage is a public address announcer who is nothing short of a homer that just completely urges the crowd to, to, um, to chair and all these things, little disconcerting. I would call for a little more restraint there. Uh, I understand it's exciting, but I just call for a little more restraint. Um, so that that's some of the things I see. Plus that kid, Dallas Morgan, it seems like every game ends now, the big game, with him picking one off to seal it. Dallas, D-H-A-L-L-A-S. On, but I'm going to give you the, a big, big thing on the Darien side. Two big things, actually. I make that three. <laughs> the key player to the game, David Ivanchik, and what he can do with his defensive line to, uh, to, to help stop and contain St. Joseph's. This is St. Joe's third game in a row that is just titanic. First, Greenwich, then Ridgefield, and now Darien. You can play the battle-tested angle or the worn-out angle. I think there's some guys banged up and worn and, and somewhat worn out. I see that as a factor in this game. And then my number three factor, Ty Comiskey. I know Cameron Edwards is a more dynamic player, and I know Victor Rosa up in Bristol Central is a more dynamic player. But this guy, Comiskey, he's rolled big and hard and fast. He's got, as I've watched him play twice now, at first I was, you just, what catches your eye is, just he's just one tough son of a gun and his speed. But as I watched him a little more now in two games, I've been impressed by his vision and his surprising quickness. Not exactly, you know, so that, that's a little different, just outright foot speed. I see him pounding and pounding and pounding. I want to see St. Joe's hold him when it really matters. And so that is my view of the game. Uh, a lot more pluses on the St. Joe's side. And I will say again, I have been voting Darian number one. And at this point, St. Joe's, it's really 1A and 1B. And I, uh, as part of a column, I think I could talk, tell this right now. uh, I'm writing a column for the next two days, going to the day's coaches poll and find the coaches who are voting, who, unlike us at Game Time CT, the geniuses of Game Time CT, the monolith, the great genius, genius, who have Darian, 
the coaches have it overwhelmingly um, in favor of St. Joe's. It was 9-3 last week. Uh, and I've talked to four coaches, and uh, Morris Petraccio in, uh, from uh, Trumbull and Brian Mazzone from Stafford have St. Joe's. And Tom Brockett and Andy Gian, Tom Brockett from Ansonia and Andy Gian from uh, Xavier have Darian. All four of them warned me that it's very close, toss-up game. No, no, none of those four just came away, you know, saying, "Oh, definite, definite." Uh, Brian Mazzone did say that the victory over Greenwich convinced him to change to, to St. Joe's. So that's sort of where we're at, and I'll uh, I'll continue to hunt down some more, and also hope that Mr. Uh, Coach Dovecchio will will well he's on the poll. It would be interesting if he will come clean on his. Yeah, uh, we should have asked him last week. We had him on last week. We should have asked him who he's voted for. <laughs> so, so it's, it's one of those be, things uh, like who do you vote for if you're the coach of one of the teams that's either one or the other? You vote for the other team to give your team motivation, or do you vote for the, your team because you think they're number one? It's kind of. A uh, that's why he's the coach, Sean. That's why we're that's yeah. why we're here, yapping. Uh, but yeah, that that'll be interesting. So uh, I I'll think it's going this, to be Jeff. I've found over the years of the coaches' poll and the writers' polls, the writers and the coaches don't normally agree on these is on these issues. Who's number one? It's if it's between two teams, they usually go the opposite of the writers. I believe the coaches they might have gone Xavier when when it was Xavier Massac in two thousand ten. But, you know, there's a good – coaches, I mean, they're a little kind of contrarian, to be honest with you. Right. Well, maybe uh, – yeah. Um, the, as we, as you are saying the uh, before, um, the two has beaten the one in the la- right in the last three one-two matchups yeah. uh, that we know of. And uh, I will say this. Uh, you and I were in the press box at Willowbrook Park in New Britain, all fired up for St. Joe's versus Hand uh, – the number one, number two game, and I believe Pedro was it was uh, was uh, over at the uh, at the Newtown game, and we just sat there and said, "How could we be at the one-two game and somehow be at the wrong yeah. game? How could but we be at the right <laughs> game, but at the actual wrong game at the same yeah, time?" Yeah, that that is, but that's part of our charm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, thinking that we're right and then being proven wrong. I have at the been end. to all three of these games uh, in the past. 12, whatever it was. I don't know when the last one was before the 2010 game between Xavier and Notre Dame. That kicked off the 2010 season. Notre Dame was kind of a, a surprise number one to finish 2009 because it was going back and forth between all the FCX schools that were vying for it. It was like Bridgeport Central beat New Canaan. New Canaan beat Greenwich 35 to 34 on a hook and lateral play and then turned around the next week and got beat 42 to 7 by, by Central, Bridgeport Central when they were number one and then it became back and forth. And finally Staples lost to Cheshire. Nobody could give it to Cheshire. So they gave it to Notre Dame, which beat Cheshire, which is weird. So they came in number one, maybe a different team, but then that started the Xavier dynasty. And then the next time it happened, one versus two, Darian beat Southington, Jay Rose, Mark Ivanchik played in that game. He, uh, they, they played, uh, they played and they smoked, um, Southington, and then they won three straight. St. Joe had already won three. They were on. They won three straight by winning that game. It's a fascinating, interesting, you know, one versus two of the last ten years. I'll just close it out by saying this: If St. Joe's does win, they're going to roll right to the end, and I don't think anybody can uh, dispute 
if they win against Darianne and go on to win the Class L, I don't know if there's anybody that can dispute that they'd be number one. Right. Darianne, on the other hand, still has a, you know, with with uh, New Canaan in the regular season and then, and then with uh, then the Class Double L playoffs, they still have a long road to hope. Yeah, and that would be really interesting to see, you know, who could, I mean, I think there are teams that could beat Darianne maybe in Class Double L. We'll see. But I don't know about, I don't know about, L. I do not know about L. I think if St. Joe wins this game, they're the odds on favorite. Just like you said, I think they roll to that, uh, that championship there. Last thing, uh, I mean, it, you know, just where, where, do, where does a fan go? This FCAC weekend is just ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it, Jeff. You know, you've been on record saying it's just, uh, they are exactly the way we're portraying them as it's just best league in the state. Well, go to your favorite team. It is, it is, you know, I've always, before I got here, uh, I'd always look at FCX and say, yeah, they're good, but are they that good? Well, this year, they're that good. Yeah. So, very, very fascinating, but we will see you at Dolling Stadium. I will see my, both teams for the first time uh, at Dolling Field uh, on this Saturday, and uh, lots to talk about. would be lots to see on Game Time CT. We're looking forward to all of Jeff's comms. And uh, a lot of the videos we'll be doing on that this game. So uh, if you're looking for more previews, certainly stick with us. Uh, we'll also be making our picks on this game. You heard Jeff give you a rundown of what he, of what he thought. But now it's time for him to pick. So you can check that out very shortly. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us. We'll see you on there on Saturday. Thanks, Jeff. This is all about the FCAC this week. And last week, it was kind of a little bit also about the NVL. You know, it was finally we'll Seymour beat Ansonia. And I even picked it Seymour to win, uh, you know, beating Ansonia for the first, becoming the first NVL team in 101 games or 102 games to, to, yeah, 101 games to beat the Chargers. And we got the shirt up, pick off on the first drive. Ansonia goes down and scores. Our guy, uh, Daryl McKnight and uh, Seymour just looked like a deer in headlights from the get go. Pete, it was your first. Uh, First time at the uh, Jarvis Stadium. For, I mean, you actually lived down the street. How the heck was this your first time? There well, you when are, I right lived there. when I lived down the street, I was working for the Record Journal, uh, and Sheen wasn't in S yet, <laughs> so there was no Sheen and Sonia crossovers. Um, and obviously, and Sonia doesn't play in the Alliance, so there was never any reason for me to go, which was pretty crazy. But I, that was such a cool atmosphere. I mean, yeah. the way that they have the fans all lined up around um like yeah they have stands and stuff but there's a lot of standing room only and you're kind of like right on top like when we were in the end zone there were people like two feet behind us three feet behind us uh it was really cool and there was a who's who of who was there yeah. right amity coach craig bruno was in attendance uh former derby coach and Ansonia assistant coach george french was in attendance uh jack coughlin and his dad john we're in attendance. It was Office a real who's who. Yeah, some guy was dressed up like Michael Myers wa- walking around. Yeah, it was really creepy. I don't know if you saw. I took a photo of him. I didn't see it, but I was like, yeah, "This is weird." I threw it in the gallery, but I took a photo of him, and then he turned around and just stared at me. Now, if you know me, I hate hate scary movies. I hate horror movies. My Halloween movies that I watch, um, Hocus Pocus. Uh, that's more of a, a Molly pick, but really good. Uh, Halloween Town, which is like a Disney Channel original movie. I don't like scary movies in the slightest. So Night I take a photo of, of this dead. Michael George Myers. Romero. Night I take, of the Living Dead is dude. I don't do scary movies. Speak when I was at the Record Journal, I used to do all these weird videos on camera. I would go to like different restaurants and all this crazy stuff, and they were like, "You have to do the Trail of Terrors." 
like go oh. through the trail of tellers with the camera. And I was like, absolutely not. That's where I'm putting my foot down. I do not do scary. I do not do jump scares or whatever. So I take a photo of this Michael Myers guy and he just turned around and stared at me. And I was like, holy crap, he's going to follow me to my car. Um, so I got really scared and I, I kind of made my way to the other side of the field. <laughs> I haven't, I missed the trail terror. I haven't been there. I wanted to go this year. Every, it's just hard to get to this time of year. But if you haven't gone to trail terror, in Don't. it's, it's great. <laughs> I went with my friend, uh, Whitney Kidder, who used to be at the uh, Connecticut Post photographer for us. Um, we, I, she, she and I went like back in like oh eight oh nine or something crazy like that. It's been a long time. No, nope. so, uh, it was f- amazing. It was great. The wall, the, if you don't get advanced tickets, you're in big trouble. But no, uh, I, yeah. I went to one haunted house once as a kid. I was in middle school and getting that. chased by a guy with a chainsaw is not funny. I know it's entertainment. That's not funny. <laughs> I find zero humor in any of that. That doesn't do it like. Even a couple of years ago when the movie It came came out and there were people like walking around in like the clown costumes. Yeah. No, I was driving to Lyman Hall once and I, I saw one of the red balloons was like hanging on a sewer grate and I drove the long way to get to Lyman Hall. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this. This is not fun for anyone. How about the, the clown scare we had about three years ago, two years ago? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, they for the movie It. There no, were people there walking like, around them. Just clowns just hanging on a street corner. <laughs> yeah, well, there were clowns just walking around the Meriden Green. They were all dressed up like uh, the heck's that clown's name? Something wise. Oh, I Pennywise. love Halloween. I just I, love Halloween. I don't I love Halloween. Up, I love candy. I just, yeah. Dude, this year we're, we're, we're throwing up a movie projector. We're going to play movies. We're going to have some good candy so we get a good reputation in the neighborhood. Oh, sounds good, Pete. Look at you, domesticated. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Well, getting back, to Aunt, so, getting back to Ansonia, look, uh, Daryl McKnight was just ridiculous. He had 258 awesome. yards, four touchdowns. Seymour, deer in headlights. What does this say about Ansonia? Uh, you know, we the, the doubters as the here's McKnight actually talking about the doubters and, uh, you know, and what it's like to be, you know, an Ansonia Charger. Uh, I just knew that I had to come in strong. It was a big game, you know. Big players like make big time plays in big games. I know I had to step up to the plate. My team, we all focused from day one Monday. You know, we just came together and we got the dub. You said in the first game that you kind of heard the chirping, like, oh, yeah, yeah. so they got, you know, they, they're small, they're too little, they don't have enough guys on the roster, you know, and you guys really seem to take that hard now. But uh, I mean, you still hear it? No. <laughs> I think we quiet down the haters a little bit. <laughs> I feel no pressure. I know what my team's capable of. We know what we got to do to get the dub. We know we have to stick together. I feel completely no pressure in big games at all. What's it mean to play in Sony football to attend? It means a lot. Like, Sony is a family. Like, everybody look out for each other. The crowd, people on the streets, like, you know, they support us. Like, even if we're not in our uniforms, they know who we are. They tell us, how you doing? You know, keep up the good work. And Sony is just a family, a big family. So, I mean, look, I don't see Seymour losing the rest of this year in the NBL. I mean, unless Naugatuck wants to show up, they already beat Holy Cross, which I think is the, is the other best team in the league, and they already beat him at three TDs. Maybe, maybe Naugatuck shows up. I'd love to see it, meaning, like, just give us something, but I don't think so. That's not happening. Class S is a different matter. One team we have not talked about much, Pete, and I know this is going to rank you a bit, but, you know, look out for Bloomfield, okay, because Bloomfield <laughs> is just crushing people. And, uh, you know, the, the word is from coaches who look at the class S is that Bloomfield is certainly back on the war path, so to speak, and are probably one of the best teams in that. Will they play Ansonia? 
we'll see. I don't see anyone beating Ansonia. So uh, I got to see one a crazy game. Now, we talked a little bit last week about Morgan and Cogginshock, Pete. Turns out I've never been to the Peters Complex in, in Morgan. So I figured this was a great time to do it. What a show I got. And we talked about your boy and my boy now, Drew Nye, who put on uh, probably, well, one of the best fast passing performances in, in school history next to his one the week before. I think they both kind of have a special place now in school history. Last week, he was uh, 38 of uh, 49 for 517 yards and, and five touchdowns in a victory over SMSA against unbeaten Cogginshock Pete. He was 38 again, completions of 54 this time for 466 yards, seven, seven touchdown passes, and they just pull away from Cogginshock in hand. Cogginshock gets first defeat. Now, I thought it was going to be a good game, but Nye was electric. Now, did he throw the ball, extend the field downfield? No, not exactly, but his receivers were all great. Cogginshock had no answer. Nick Fatamika was the best of the bunch, but they had a bunch of other guys all making plays. And uh, Morgan, 50 to 20 over Cogginshock, which had only given up 21 points to that point in Mike Eagle's homecoming. Remember, he was a Morgan coach back until 20, uh, 2015. Morgan looks like that they are uh, put themselves in firm position there in the, uh, in the in the class S playoff race. And let me just tell you, here's let me just show you this is Drew Nye. It's like it was like me and him are all buddies. Like, I guess after the game, he, uh, you know, it was just like, hey, can I talk to you? Hey, Sean, what's going on? Hey, what? I go, yeah, I want to get you in the scoreboard. Hey, let's check it. Let's let's do the scoreboard. And we've got a nice picture there. You know, I got to see Peter, the former coach. Remember, he was a coach at Morgan. He did not have a lot. Great. A few years with his other quarterback son, uh, JP Nye. Um, but uh, he's taking a backseat. Kevin Sullivan uh, coming over from Newington. Uh, as the OC now taking over this job, a really enthusiastic guy. And he was like all fired up Pete, that uh, that I was there. They rolled out the red carpet. I felt a little kind of embarrassed. They're like, you know, oh, no, no, you don't, you know, you don't need to, you know, it was it was humbling. They were like, here, here, what do you want? You want some cheeseburgers? What's some food at halftime? Here, here, you got to do some work. You got to do work. Pete and I was great. Those guys were great. I appreciate it. But, you know, all props to, to Morgan. I mean, that was a great performance and. You know, you start to talk playoffs around some of these guys. They get a little nervous. They got to buy, but the road looks very good for the Huskies right now to make their first state playoff berth in uh, 2015. And uh, here, here are some of those guys after the game. Um, did you ever envision a game where you would throw seven touchdowns? I mean, it's always it's always been in my mind. Like, I knew we, we got playmakers on this team, and I knew coming in, like, we can put up points and we can put up stats. I mean, that's, that's our goal of my every week, to try to do the best we can. And uh, my guys showed out tonight. Uh, it's just... It's so great to have a versatile receiver core, and we can we can make plays left and right. Even Nick Schmidt and Cam Johnson, two names that we don't know, that made made plays tonight and keep us in check. So I'm proud of every one of you. I can't do it without them. So yeah, they really worked hard for you. You would throw yeah. them over the middle, and they would yeah. take it the other way. Yeah, like no, the, the the yards after catch tonight was just was just amazing. I'm proud of these guys. Uh, you know, I would not be here without them. Uh, it's just such a good group of guys I'm I'm around with. So now, what has just happened in the last six quarters? <laughs> I mean, just like last week we said, just we, we never give up. And this team, like it's, we, we talked about change the culture and like more football's history hasn't been the best. But, you know, for us to turn this turn this culture around and like like last week is a perfect example of it. Like we, we just we don't do we don't hold our heads, which is, uh, I'm proud of these guys. Uh What's changed in the last six quarters? Like, all of a sudden, you're scoring, like, you know, 94 points in, in the last six quarters. Or um, not six quarters, but you know what I mean. 
honestly, the biggest thing is, you know, the conversation we had, me and Drew had, um, was really he was trying to force a lot of things. He was trying to take the big play every time, the big play, like he wanted that. And I just, we just tried to say, hey, let's just take what the defense is going to give us. If they're going to, if they're going to be afraid to take, you know, take away the deep ball, we'll take the hitch. You know, our guys, at some point, you're going to have to say, hey, we don't want to give up that hitch, and they're going to come up, and then the big plays will come. And, you know, especially last week, he just really, he did a great job of just battling back and keeping everybody rallied around and fighting back. It was unbelievable. Hey, this is what I said. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. So. There are some other wild games, Pete, going on. Let's just briefly start with your Friday night. Now, you started off at Bristol Central. And yeah. you're like, I need to get some photos for of uh, for Victor, Victor Rosa, who had just coming off his. They had a buy. They were coming off their uh, wild victory over, you know, their back and forth victory over Harvard Public 52 to 48. And it was encore time over there at uh, Bristol Central. Uh, Victor Rosa, 400, 406 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. The uh, eight touchdowns is a, is, I believe, a school record. But the 406 yards, not even close to being a scorer because they used to have a guy named Tim Washington who was very good. But uh, Bristol Central is just with with Victor Rosa, just absolutely crazy. Pete, what happened over there? So I stayed for two drives. I wanted to get some photos of Victor because we don't have photo photos of him. And I, I kind of wanted to see him in action and nothing really on their schedule jumps out the rest of the way. But the first drive. A uh, big run by their running back. I forgot what his name is, but he had a big run. And then Victor, next play, like 25-yard touchdown. And I was like, oh, okay, complete op- opposite side of the field. I'm like, great. Um, <laughs> then <clears throat> the next drive, great punt by Tallinn. Pins Bristol Central on the five. <laughs> and Rosa takes the snap, goes around the end, and is gone 95 yards to the house. Snapped a couple of selly photos. And I was like, all right, I'm out of here. This game's going to be a blowout. Little did I know. Yeah, there would be 68 to what, 50, 53, 68 to 50. I mean, on what a game. I no, mean, it doesn't quite. Yeah, it doesn't quite match the 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 all time point total record. Yeah, so it was like, you know, 150 or something crazy like that. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Torrington and uh, uh, Sacred yeah. Heart put up like, a combined, like 160 points. Uh, but I, I just he's so much fun to watch. He, he's electric. Yeah. He is absolutely electric. And Tallinn did a nice job keeping pace, but jeez, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, uh, when you score fifty points, you think you're going to win the game. Yeah, when you score six, if you'd have told Coach Azaria uh, Mitch heading into that game, hey, you guys are going to score fifty tonight against Bristol Central, I'm sure you'd have been pretty thrilled. But yo, know, Bristol Central's defense—it's uh, you know, giving up 152 points in six games this year, and uh, what it's like over a hundred, you know, just about a hundred in two games. It's uh, I would be a little worried. I know Jeff Fazing is very worried. So, but they're looking really good for a class L playoff berth. Uh, other ones that were wild immediately after that, you went to see Maloney versus Xavier. And first, and they, I guess Maloney, Pete, looking for some respect, starts off the game, starts off before the game, running over Xavier's sign. I mean, how do you, what, is that how you want to get respect? Yeah, they ran through the cheerleader line that had the sign that Xavier was going to run out of which was an interesting move, I think, to say the least. And I know some people were not too thrilled about that. No. Um, it was very bizarre to watch. And then they, like, try to plant the flag at midfield, but it's turf, so obviously the flag doesn't plant because, <laughs> you know, it's turf. 
Um, but you know, then I'm, I'm kind of sitting there and I, and I, you know, I'll, I'll admit this. I texted bully. I told him what happened and I was like, Xavier by 21. Well, yeah, I know nothing because Maloney absolutely pummeled Xavier 35, nothing at halftime. Look, they might, you know, the, uh, the respect I think they got was on the field. Um, if that's what they were playing for, because they're good. I mean, Angel Arshi looked awesome. Five touchdowns. He looked like he did two years ago when he was a sophomore. Right. I mean, he looked like an absolute stud. And they got guys, Tylee Flowers, Ian, Ian Graham didn't have the best game. He's their best receiver. They have guys, uh, Michael Reddick on D, uh, the Xavier transfer. He had a, he had a nice little homecoming. Uh, at Xavier played really well. The Xavier defense was uh, the Xavier defense. The Maloney defense was flying around. Um, big hits, limiting Xavier. I mean, look, the game could have, the game flipped. It's hard to say when you play 48 minutes, like what was the big play of the game? Xavier went right down the field when they got the ball and, you know, threw an interception on the one yard line. Yeah, like wow. if that, if that's a touchdown, it's a whole different game. You know what I mean? Like, but Maloney gets the ball, marches 99 yards and scores. And all of a sudden that set the tone. They didn't punt in the first half. They got the ball five times and scored five touchdowns emphatically. Like they, it was, I was very impressed by the way that Maloney played on the field that day. Yeah. They are not the team. They are not the team I saw against Berlin and they are not the team that I saw against Southington. They used that bye week and they got better. And they look really good. They got Hall, I believe, next week or the week after. New Britain next week, this week. Yeah, they got Hall. New Britain this week, and then they got Hall. And that that game, whew, sign me up. Yeah. Um, I mean, that game's going to be awesome. Yeah, Hall, actually, speaking of which, they stayed unbeaten. Uh, Matt Flying Farmer, too close to the sun, Sean. Yeah, still flying close to the sun. They're not close enough for Pete's comfort. <laughs> uh, Matt Farber had a great game, nine catches for a buck 28 and having a game winning interception. And Leah Pereira had a nice game too. And, uh, you know, that's a game Berlin effort there, but they just couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't hold the 10 point lead. And, and Hall goes, you know, once again, undefeated at this point, I don't see Hall. Uh, I mean, they got Maloney. Maybe they lose that game. I don't see them losing any the other games. Glastonbury, New Britain, and Connard, even Connard in their big Connard's showdown. always a coin flip that, you know, week before Thanksgiving game um, is always big. But I, the Maloney game, I think, is the one that, you know, at worst, I think Hall goes 9-1. and one. Yeah. Just looking at Class Double L rankings here, yes, you know, uh, very fascinating. Hall, Darian, Shelton Prep, they're playing next week, as we discussed. You know, then you have... Norwalk, you know, Newtown with a big win over Cheshire. That was huge. They got Shelton this week. Uh, Newtown, I thought, was really impressive versus Cheshire. I think Cheshire's exit stage left right now. Um, then creeping up in there, Southington. You know, you have Greenwich at nine right now. West Haven, which plays Notre Dame this week uh, with a big one. Staples playing Norwalk with a chance to get back in this race after being written off since they lost week. Uh, since they got obliterated by uh, Cheshire in like week three. So uh, very fascinating in double L class L rankings. We talked about that a bit. Really interesting development here. ATI knocking off Cheney tech, which drops to eight now with their first loss. So now one of the tech schools that we were railing about, and it's been kind of an interesting who's, you know, what's the opinion here. And we got yelled at a little bit by some of the tech guys saying it's not their fault, but listen, I mean, nobody's saying it's your fault. We're just saying like that it shouldn't be this way. That's what we're saying. But yeah. Cheney Tick loses Massick, even though they lost, still hanging in there. Wilton creeping up the standings. 
Woodstock, you know, down there a bit. Weathersfield's coming back a little bit with a nice win um, over Glassbury this week. Bristol Central. So, you know, again, as it looks at the Windsor in there and Naugatuck. So that's interesting. Then Class M, you know, Killingly back kind of. They're the only undefeated team remaining right now. And then you have Plainville, Granby Canton, Pete, and Rockville. Rockville now rocketing up to five after beating Granby Canton 42 to what the heck happened in there, Pete? The Rock is back, man. I mean, uh, look, I mean, they've won four straight. It's not like, you know, they were coming off a loss. They, they, they lost their opener and have absolutely just rolled opponents the rest of the way. And <clears throat> Amir Knighton uh, for Rockville. <laughs> He rushed the ball four times for 104 yards <laughs> and a touchdown. Uh, he had 10 tackles and, and three sacks. His, I believe his older brother, Nazir, was um, was on the team in 2019 as a junior, and he was a really good player for that team. Obviously, he didn't have a senior year. But the boys the boys up in uh, in Vernon are rocking. And uh, <laughs> good luck, Cogginjog. Yeah. Class M, certainly fascinating now. Rockville in there. Uh, showing itself uh, Avon with a nice win over Farmington. They're playing uh, Hartford public this week, a very interesting game. Avon uh, Tabor angle had a nice game. And then there, then there's also, we have Cogginshaw. Then we also have Ellington and then Brantford, the guy where we talked a little bit about, uh, we talked a little bit about Brantford uh, a few weeks ago when they defeated Notre Dame and joining us this week. Now it, to talk about his team is coach, John Lamone joining us now as the eighth or ninth year. I think it's ninth year, eighth season as head coach at Brantford Hornets. My God, has it been that long? John Lamone joining us with the uh, Hornets five and one. My goodness, Brantford flying high. John, how you doing? Thanks for joining us here on the Meat Grinder. I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been a it's been a good ride so far. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about. It. I mean, you you start off with a you know twenty one to zero loss to Amity. It's kind of like eh. No big thing, but now you guys won five straight, including a 15 to 12, like wild win over Notre Dame West Haven, which I think we all, I, I'm pretty sure we tried to figure it out, was your first win over Notre Dame ever, which was great. Uh, and it's really kind of put you in great position here Lee, as we get into the, you know, start to round the corner here into the final stretch. So, you know, those first three games, I think were really pivotal for, for us to kind of figure out um, who we were and, and what kinds of kids we have and, um, you know, as far as how we're going to go about trying to win games on Friday nights. Um, so those first three were all close. I think one of the, the best things um, that it showed us early on was even in, against Amity, you know, we were down 21 points for pretty much the whole game and we didn't quit. Um, you know, our kids played hard the whole time and uh, foreign, we were down um, late, you know, I think, four minutes to go, four minutes and change. And we were able to, uh, to take the lead late in that game. And I believe against Notre Dame, same kind of thing. We were down. Um, we got a big play out of our, our captain, one of our captains, uh, David McDonald on a touchdown pass. And, um, you know, just we're able to take that lead late. I mean, it turned into a complete circus that, that game, um, you know, at the end of the game, um, because they're so dynamic and they have so many good players and their quarterback, especially was, you know, an absolute heart attack. So, you know, um, those first three, I think went, a, went a long way for us in terms of establishing, um, you know, kind of it's overused, but our identity and, um, 
not necessarily for the coaches, but for the kids. Yeah, well, explain to me about Notre Dame first. One. This is a this is a school that you know it's notorious. For, as a lot of these private schools are of grabbing Branford kids, you know, and and I don't know how many you got there now or any if, if any at all. But you know, uh, I've known over the years a lot of great North Branford kids. You know, I've gone elsewhere. But uh, but still, I mean, that's still kind of a rivalry in that sense, even if you don't have anyone there. Um, you know, so uh, just tell me what what's I mean, it looks like your kids are just completely fired up about the whole school kind of got nutty over it. Uh, what was the atmosphere like and what you know, what the, how much of that changed, like kind of like the direction and how your kids might have felt about themselves? I, I think I, I think we kind of had a, a point during the week, um, you know, where it, it was obvious to, to our kids during the week of practice that we, we kind of had to stop. And this has kind of become a theme. We got to stop judging who we're playing on Friday night based on anything other than their high school football team. Um, you know, I, I think there's going to be games that we're, you know, and I'm not talking about this season. I'm talking about always that you're supposed to win. Um, and there's going to be games that you're supposed to lose. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be the games where everybody says, oh, it's a pick them. This could be, you know, and, and I think for our kids during that week and, and I think for myself also, um, there's the idea here. We just got to go out and just play the game and, and stop. Don't make it something that it's not. Um, you know, we played really well that night. I mean, that's what it comes down to um, at the end of the day. And, and you know, um, Joe's got a good football team over there. I and mean, he does, you we know, we're a little worried about them more than wondering like, wow, Brantford might be good. Uh, we were kind of more like, what's wrong with Notre Dame? <laughs> you know what I mean? But now that you yeah. look back on it, they beat Wilton, which just turned around and beat New Canaan this week. If you do the transitive properties, it's like. Brantford's know, better be- than New Canaan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brantford no. might win, beat New Canaan. <laughs> No, no, there's no transitive properties in, in <laughs> football, um, you know, fortunately and unfortunately. But um, no, I, I, you know, I, I think that our kids played really, really hard that night. Um, I think his kids played really, really hard that night. I think the ball just, you know, the ball bounced well for us that night. Um, you know, so. Well, tell us a little I, bit I about it. Downplay it. I don't want to downplay it. It was a huge win yeah. and it was really excited. It was huge for our program and, and huge for our community and, and um, for our school. But at the end of the day too, I mean, like we just, we played really well um, and, and we were able to, you know, catch a couple breaks and, and make a couple plays when we really needed to. Um, I mean, yeah. A tackle on the one yard line is definitely making a play when you needed to. <laughs> for sure. I mean, <laughs> now what, a, and that was John Frawley, what, what a play that kid made, but you know, that was, that was the tale of that game. I mean, um, we just had guys that it's become a cliche in football, right. But they're just doing their job. You know, um, I'm a Giants fan, unfortunately. So I was going to say that was very Belichick of you. I'm a Giants fan. So, and I'm a big Logan Ryan fan. And he said, they said something yesterday about, you know, Logan Ryan said, we got to mow our own lawn, you know, um, and everybody's just got to mow their own lawn. And I think that, that that game for us was a big – that's what we did in the game, and I think it, it helped our team kind of understand that if we're going to be successful, um, you know, that's that's the kind of – those are the kinds of games that we have to play, and those are the kinds of efforts that – you know, that's the kind of effort we have to give um, to win. So I think it was a big turning point. I mean, I know that there's a lot made out of 
private school, public school, um, and the scheduling. And then there's all that kind of stuff that, that goes on. That's way above coaches pay grades. Um, you know, we just coach the kids that we have. Um, and and yeah, some kids are going to go look for opportunities in other places. Um, and and it's nothing I can really do about that. I just have to coach, coach the kids I have, and I, I have to create, um, a place where kids can be successful and a place where kids take pride in what they're doing. Um, and if I worry about what other places are doing, whether it's private or public, um, you know, we're not going to get where we need to go. So the, the one thing I'm looking at your schedule is very interesting. It's, it's, it was the start of a four game homestand. Like I know this isn't baseball, but that four game homestand. I mean, you guys won all of them, uh, 35, seven over Bethel. Uh, you know, 34 nothing over Lyman Hall and then 41 24 over Brookfield. You know, it's not exactly murderous row there, but that's a great way to kind of come right back. I mean, you could have just been like, hey, we're the greatest team ever and not done your jobs. And the next thing you know, you lose again. Um, so, uh, you know, again, that's been a good spot. You got Avon, which is in two weeks, which is tricky. And then you got a kind of an interesting rest of the go. You got Guilford, you have Law, and then you have obviously East Haven, which that game, no matter what the records are, everyone always says, especially that it's probably the most competitive Thanksgiving day game out there. Yeah. Or at least one of them. It's yeah, it, it's, um, it's a really strange schedule. And, and again, I, I think like this year um, has been really interesting because you don't know a lot about some of these teams that were playing outside and, and with the Alliance, um, you know, so like Brookfield, Brookfield's really well coached outfit. Um, and I lost a lot of sleep getting ready for them. Um, you know, not that you don't prep for alignment hall the same way we, we prep for everybody the same way, but there's a familiarity with teams that are in your league, like where, you know, you kind of know what, what it's like, what the kids are probably like, you know, what the ride is like for those kids on a Friday coming to your place or you going to them. I mean, next week we go to Avon. I've, I've never been there. Um, you know, I think they still have a grass field, you know, oh, they just um, got turf. Oh, okay. They just got turf and lights, but there's, there's those elements of it. And I think with this season also, because you can't look back at a 2020 record and have any singular idea of what anybody is or what the, you know, what their program is like, it's, it's a really tricky year. Um, you know, Brookfield, like I said, they, that kept me up at night um, getting ready for those guys. And excuse me, it was it was a rough go of it. Um, I think we were down 17, 14 at halftime, you know, and then we were able to get some turnovers and, and rattle off. Um, I think I want to say 28 straight points or something like that. Um, and then we gave up another one late. But again, that I mean, that was a competitive game the whole way. Um, and, and it was, it was one of those things where even when we scored, you know, to make it 40, cause it was 41, 17 at one point, there was three minutes left in the game, but you're still, you know, you're still kind of, cause they were competitive and well coached and, and, and all those things. And, um, that's been the tricky thing about all this. You really don't know. Um, and our kids, um, our kids are really good at just doing their job. Um, that, and, and honestly, that's what I tell them every day is like the number one thing we're good at is effort, you know? Um, so to be honest with you guys, and I 
tell the kids this. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we're a good football team. I really don't. Um, but as long as they keep doing this kind of thing and, and with the effort um, and the preparation, you know, then, then we could do some things. But tell us about your team. Like, you know, who's been really kind of leading the charge here as you guys, you know, look for that really, first playoff really, for the first time in a while. Well, that's what, well, we got a long way to go yeah. before we get there, Sean. So, but <laughs> listen, here's an interest. I think this not is really too long, though. It's not too long, coach. Come on. No, like, you, you're right, you know, listen, no, but here's the thing. And, and you mentioned some of these games is um, we play Avon again. I've never been there. I don't know what that, you know, I know they have a big quarterback who, who who's a tremendous athlete and, you know, they have a, a very, you know, from what I heard, I haven't even seen them really yet um, other than, you know, max preps highlights. Um, but they have a really big quarterback who's athletic um, and he presents some problems. And then, once that game is over, whatever the result of that game is, you go into three games that are league games. They're tier three games. There's a lot of history in those games. Um, you know, you look at our game against Guilford and um, going back. Now, we didn't play them in 2018 for whatever reason because um, of a scheduling thing. But if you go back to I know I'm going back a while, but if you go back to 2015, we won 14 to seven, I think but it was a one score game. I think that was the score. And then the next year, I think we won 15 to 14. Um, and then in uh, 2017, they, they, they took it to us pretty good. And then we didn't play them in 18. And then in 19, we lost 20 to 19. So anything can happen. Games, we, yeah, I get it. Man. Lost I get it. In the same way. Those, and those are all emotional. They've always Absolutely. been emotionally charged, like, there I say rivalry games. I mean, uh, and, and then East Haven is <clears throat> East Haven. I mean, that's, you know, for, for a lot of guys in Brantford, you know, that's, that's it. That's the Super Bowl. All, um, all I'm saying coach is you're in a great spot and you win another two games or three games here, maybe even just two, you'll be in a really good spot, but let's not, <laughs> let's, if, let's not go we've, there. We've looked ahead and spoken ahead about the Brantford program and we may have jinxed them two years ago. That's all I'm saying. So let's not do it this time. No, I know. I understand. <laughs> I know. Well, Pete- I mean, the other, the other thing that's important and, and no offense to you guys, you guys do a great job is uh, the, the players need to worry about, you know, what we're telling them and, yeah. and, and the, the outside noise and all that stuff. But these guys are great. So you were asking me, um, you know, yeah, who's been great. Them. Tell me about them. Here's here's the stat that, um, and I, I actually was like really, really proud of this stat. Um, when we got, when we figured out all the box scores and the scoring after the Brookfield game, in, the, in our last two games, we've had nine different players score a touchdown. Wow. Um, which I, I think, I'm not saying that we're, you know, the greatest show on turf i'm not saying that at all i'm not saying isaac bruce and tory holt are out there but what i am saying is that it just shows that we play as a team and and it could be anybody's um night and you know last last friday our, our other senior captain cameron paleski scored two touchdowns you know coming off an injury um you know uh a senior wide receiver lucas Roden scored his first two touchdowns of the year he caught two touchdown passes um you know um Nate Chifo has been dynamic for us, uh, whether it's in the return game or as a running back and on defense. John Frawley, um, another really good skill guy. Jermaine Smalls has been a tailback for us, um, who's, who's been great. And our quarterback's been 
get been pretty steady. Zach Turbert, he's been pretty, pretty steady for a kid who's a first year starter who didn't get his sophomore year, um, which is a huge development year, especially at that position. Um, you know, and like I said, there's nine guys. Nate Florio scored a touchdown the other night. He usually plays free safety for us, but he got some burn on, on offense. Um, so we've had a lot of contributions from a lot of guys in the skill position groups. And then, of course, our linemen, you know, they, they've been really, really solid. Um, my line coach would get really mad if I say publicly that the linemen have played well. But they, they, we have some guys, Nate Mathis, David McDonald's our tight end, and, you know, he fits in that group. Cole Snyder's our fullback who's a sophomore, and he's been really good for us. And, you know, um, just across the board, we have a lot of guys playing. Um, a lot of rotations going on. And, and again, I, I think I have some talented kids, but there's nobody that jumps off the page. Like there's nobody um, that you're, you're thinking to yourself, wow, like, look at this kid. Um, right. You know, I test and all that stuff. They just, they just do, they, they play really well together and there's no egos and they understand that, Hey, tonight might be Cam's night. Tonight might be, you know, Zach's night. Um, and the offensive line and, and the defensive lines, they all understand that, you know, when, they, when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, the team is successful. There's okay. a lot of lawnmowers on the team. There's a lot yeah. of guys mowing. We have a landscaping lawn. company, you know. There it is. Well, that's kind of like your thing, right, John? You, you do uh, – well, you do, home, you do home building, right? Um, what's your – I'm a carpenter. Right, you're a carpenter. I, I, I work – I teach carpentry at the high school. Oh, cool. That's uh, right. Yeah, um, but I'm a, I'm a carpenter. Well, some people would, would let me say I'm a carpenter, but – yeah. <laughs> uh, you've been, a, you know, Mr. Branford through and through. I mean, uh, you know, uh, tell us a little bit like you, you were you played for Lenny Bond, who was there forever. And for, how's Lenny doing? He's, he's doing. Southern? Yeah, he's he's uh, kicking game coordinator at Southern. And I do get a chance to, to talk to Coach Bond quite a bit, um, you know, during the course of the year. So he's great. I mean, he's he's a good man. And I certainly learned a lot from him, yeah. um, you know, even when my coaching career started just um, at that time, he was on the defensive side of the ball uh, at Southern, you know, coaching linebackers and, you know, X's and O's and all that stuff, but also just, you know, as a player, how to, how to carry yourself and, and what you're supposed to be doing and, and what's kind of important. I think coach Bond had a lot to do with it. I think coach Tracy had a lot to do with it. I think coach Gravina had a lot to do yeah. with me wanting to, to stay um and be part of it and I think you know uh, a lot of a lot of um the guys that I played with and those are guys I still talk to um pretty much every day and you know they're my best friends and when COVID will you know finally allow me to get married they're all in my wedding party <laughs> um and you know I think that that's part of it you know for me is is wanting to do something um special because it was so special to us you know um there, it's a little bit of a boost yeah there are, there, there are a lot but. of good coaches in Brantford um you know a lot of you guys came out of there and there were some really good teams and uh I mean obviously like after Lenny stepped stepped away went to Southern then you had Gary show up and all of a sudden you had the you had uh Kenny and that and that whole crew taking Britain you know, having like just this amazing run and Kenny yeah. graduates then Brantford wins the state championship and that. Uh, 2005, which was the most unbelievable, like where this team come from, say championship I've still ever heard. I mean, that was what was over East Line. It was like one of the ugliest games ever. But you know, you, you speaking of you, you know, you're you're from you went to Marist, right? 
I did. Yeah, you did. A, good, a lot of good coaches came out of there. You're talking about, you know, Mike Drury. Yeah, I mean, I, I played with both Mike and Kevin. Um, we were around the same time. I mean, I didn't play. I was a scout team guy. Uh, right. I played two years there. Mike was an incredible player. Um, I was actually Kevin's uh, host when he came up for a recruiting visit. Nice. Uh, Kevin Fredericks at Maloney. So, you know, yeah, I mean, we – we were there at the same time. I, I, I didn't exactly like the world on fire as a college football player. I'm not, I'm not going to have any delusions of grandeur here, but um, yeah, I, 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 I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate to meet a lot of uh, good people and, and learn a lot. And just even some of the guys that um, are colleagues now uh, in the league. I mean, what made you uh, decide that you want to become Granfis head coach? Where were you, what were you doing at the time? And uh, you know, what did you, now I'm going to try this. Um, honestly, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, I, I recently I found an article that was written when I was a senior, I was looking for something else at my mom's house because there was, you know, we did some stuff for nine 11 this year, we in 20 years. And that was my senior year. Yep. And I was looking through some of the stuff my mom kept, um, over the years. And in particular, I was looking for this candlelight vigil that we did against Notre Dame, um, three days after nine 11, I was speaking to some kids in the school and I wanted to to show them, you know, Hey, I was you and whatever, whatever. Um, but right. I, I, I found an article and in the article, I was like 17, whatever I was getting ready to play East Haven my senior year. Uh, and it was like sports person, the week kind of thing in the local paper, John steady wrote, yeah. <clears throat> wrote the column. And, uh, in the column, it says like, I'd like to come back here and do what coach Tracy did. Um, and, and be a coach here. I, I don't know if I ever, being the head coach was really ever the thing. I mean, I was Mike's defensive coordinator and that was pretty awesome. I, yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed being a coordinator quite a bit. Um, right. You don't have to deal the, with us. Headaches, you don't right? have to deal with any, yeah. You don't yeah have I don't have us. to talk to you guys and, and I, you know, I don't have to worry about scheduling um, practices and you coach. Know, people getting mad at you. You're just worried about football. Um, but I think, you know, when the opportunity came up, it, it was just, it felt right at the time. I was pretty young when I got the job. I think I was 29, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just a place that I care about a lot, you know, um, and not just from a football standpoint, um, but some of the people that, you know, have influenced me from, from Brantford high school. I mean, I'm, and I'm not, it's not limited to football guys. I mean, we mentioned those guys, coach Bond and, and Mike and, and Gary um, certainly, but then, you know, there's other guys, Jake Paluzzi, um, Saab Sinodi, Jim McVeigh, who's, you know, the greatest teacher awesome. on the planet, Love Jim. you know? So these people are just, you know, Dave Grunda. I could go on forever. Yeah, it's a great um, town. It's a great Tom town, Webster. Brandon, coach. It's, I, I, honestly, I, I should stop before I leave people out. Because, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm trying to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a great, just, yeah. It, it really is, though, and, and we learned a lot as kids and, and uh, about how to be and um, what kind of person you wanted to be. And I just felt like um, those people had so much power uh, and influence in, in my life that it would be nice to, you know, pass that on to, to other kids, you know, so, we, so I, I, that's why I'm here. It's great. Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, I mean, it was kind of an interesting time, uh, especially when you were, just lit, when you were away at the time, but you're, you're even your, your senior year and onwards. And then Gary takes over you Craig Kenny come in and then, you know, Craig Kenny, what was he a sophomore by the time, time you were, uh, you were a Craig, senior or was he a, Craig freshman? Was a freshman? He started for us. Um, yeah. Uh, his brother, great. Mark, 
his brother Mark was our our, our starting defensive right. tackle, who's all state. Um, you know, who's my you know uh, Mark graduated with me. We lost him sadly, but um, yeah, I mean, it, there was a there was a there was a brotherhood and a and a culture there that I think um, we all really loved. And even though the results weren't great at times, I mean, they got great for a while. We went on a really good run, and that 05 team too. You know, I have a lot of those guys on my staff yeah. that played on the five team. Um, you know, Kyle Lynch right now is is one of the guys that's on my staff um, who does a really great job for us. Um, I had EJ Saddleberger on my staff for a long time. He was a starting linebacker for that team and and played tight end. Um, he's pursuing some some stuff in school, so we don't have him this year um, getting his master's and all that. So, you know, we've missed him, but those guys had this – they had a thing. You know, um, my first full-time year coaching was 2005. So those guys had a thing. And if you ask them, um, they would tell you that the thing that got them to the state title was, um, you know, when they were sophomores, they they were the scout team against one of the best teams in the state. And every day they had to play against yeah. Craig Kenny and Kyle Morrison and, and all those guys. And um, my offense coordinator right now is Patrick Keefe, who was starting defensive end on yep. that 04 team. He was a good player. Um, and you know, he, he's another guy. I mean, just the, the program has meant a lot to us. And, uh, we have a lot of guys that, that coach with us that are, you know, Branford guys, um, because it matters to us, you know, the most amazing thing I remember about that 2005 team was that was supposed to be Duquesne's championship that year with Kirk Casale as a junior, you know, and then <laughs> East line upset him. I forget the kid's name, but he kicked like a 80 yard field goal that gets longer and longer every time I hear about it. But uh, think about it. But it's like he kicked like a like a 50 yard field goal to beat them at Dunning Field, which might be the last time they lost there, to be honest with you, in the playoffs. And that like cleared the whole bracket up. And the East Line was good, too. And let's not for everyone's kind of like East Line. And I remember who was that kid that was on East Line? There was a kid there. Tim Allen was running back. Yes, that's him. Yeah. You guys, it was like the, the, but there was a slugfest in that 2005 uh, championship. If, if, if I, and I, I like to break those guys, you know, I, I like to break it off on those guys because it goes to show you that 05 team, those kids worked tirelessly and they just believed they could win, you know? And I was, I don't know, I think I was like 20 or 21 yeah. coaching. I didn't, it didn't really have, have remember it didn't have Craig Kenny. He graduated. That team lost the final the year had, before. So nothing was expected of him. Right. We had Jim Balzano, who was tremendous, and Mike Mortali. I mean, there was a lot of good players. Right, on but that nobody team really team. thought, John, that you know, oh Balzano, you know, like nobody was oh, yeah. like, you know. But one of the interesting things, and I was coaching, but I was like minimal role. I mean, I think I was a volunteer, maybe, you know, I think I held the ball bag, but um, <laughs> you know, one of the things with that team. And I think people um, forget these things sometimes. Like, you got to get a little luck. So that that New Canaan um, East Lime game that you're talking about, that was one on, a like, a 52-yard field goal or something yeah. crazy like that. That kicker got hurt on the ensuing kickoff. Oh, did he? That's right. If, if my memory serves yeah, me. I don't correct, remember, but go ahead. And we win the game 14-7 to in the state final at West Haven. And it's, like, one of those things where, you know, you, you start saying, well, you know, they were in the red zone a few times. What what if they still had their kicker who could kick 52 yarders? Yeah, it, so just looking it up, it was Pedro Belinchon. He had a yeah. 51 yarder and a 49 yarder. Yeah. 
And then Matt Kyle Weiss kicked the extra point on East Lime's touchdown. So he was hurt. Yeah. And in that game, Brantford went up 14 nothing in the first quarter and won 14 7. So yeah. that must have been very fun on that sideline the whole time being like, we need to score again. We cannot it, let them score. I don't remember much um, from that game. Uh, it was cold. And I remember Jim Balzano, our quarterback, um, who had gotten. Great. He was great, and he and he had gotten pretty banged up um, uh, during one of the games, and he, you know, he's trying to play through an injury. And at halftime, he was like visibly upset, and I was like, "Jim, he, like, what's going on? Is you know, is your ankle hurt?" And he's like, "Nah, coach, I just want to win so bad." And those were the kinds of kids that we had. I mean, um, like I said, I mean, I, I can go through. We've had a lot of great over the years we really have we've had some pretty good football teams too i mean you guys have been you've had some good like you said you have you've had some good runs here i mean you haven't quite you know gone over the top and not putting that aside what would it mean for you as a coach to have an opportunity to take these guys into a playoff atmosphere maybe even at mcveigh field maybe well i think you know that's it's what you you shoot for you know i think i think every team in the state has the same goals um in, in, in the beginning of the season, you know, you want to have a winning season. You want to try to make the playoffs and you want to potentially win a championship. And, and, and in August, everybody thinks they can do that. Yeah. Um, and you're supposed to think that way, you know? So for us right now at five and one, I mean, and again, coaches speak aside, it's just the way I'm wired um, one goal at a time. So if, if when, if we play Avon, we're playing Avon in two weeks. The goal and is there, and they are ahead of you in the standing. So this is like an opportunity here. This is a big, I have, like it's I mean, a game I have, you never would have ever thought about. Look, Go ahead. <laughs> I haven't looked at the standings. Um, it's, it's honestly, <laughs> sorry, I, have, sorry. I haven't, it's too early. It's too early. Things, things happen. And, and plus there's a lot of math involved. And I told you guys before, I'm a woodshop teacher. So like, I'm not, <laughs> right. I'm not really interested in, in all the math, but right now for me sitting at five and one and we're in a good spot and we certainly have a good opportunity to do some good things. Um, I will say that they're in the same division with you and by beating them, it would make your lives easier. That's all I'm saying. And all I would add is that <laughs> two teams who are also in positions are playing each other this week. Yep. And you also beat another so, one <laughs> and you beat another one. And there's another one that's kind of in there. That'll help you, but we won't get into specifics. We won't get into it at all. No, no, Here, forget it. So here, here's the most specific thing I can give you guys. If we beat Avon in two weeks, we guarantee ourselves a winning season. And that's, and that's, that's where my brain is first. And then you can get to the next part. Um, in 2018 and 2019, again, not a math guy. Um, we're, I think we're like one win. I think seven and three would have got us in both those years. Um, and this year, it's just, we got to, you got to do the go one and oh thing, uh, which you should do every year anyway, but that's the truth of it right now. Um, would you like to John? Would you like to kind of get this program to a point where you're playing like SEC tier one, like North Haven playing like the Brantford, not the Brantford, the hands and the, <laughs> Or, is say, they, or do you think you, you guys are where you should be about, you know, in the middle of the, or actually you're, you're in the three, but. What do you I, think? I, like, I like the way I, I, I like the way it's set up because I do like that. It does allow for movement. Mm -hmm. um, I think of course you want to be considered 
one of the best teams in the SEC and in, in the SEC and the FCAC. I mean, I don't think anyone's you can argue between those two conferences, you know, over the, the last, you know, since I've been coaching. Um, but there, I don't think there's any debate that those are the two best conferences in the state of Connecticut. So if I make people mad with that, I'm sorry. I just, that's what I've experienced. Wow, that's so uh, great. We, so, we always make people mad on this show. But God, yeah. the, the point of the matter is, um, yeah, of course, you, you want to be considered one of those top flight um, programs. And for a lot of reasons, but, you know, I say this to my kids all the time, like when they're done and it's five, 10 years down the road and, you know, they're sitting they're, at Donovan's reef and they want to be Tommy proud Sullivan. of Either one is, is a good choice. Um, but honestly, you know, um, I think I want the kids to be proud of what, what they built, you know. Do you um, see yourself, John, in that type of, you know, like guy teaches at the school, teaches, a, you know, that's a good course you teach. So you teach, you know, some good skills there. But could you see yourself doing like Ferrazzi being there like, you know, two decades, maybe even a, you're already almost, you're almost through one. You know, yeah. or, or uh, you know, Sagnella who has been there like th- almost 30 years. I mean, can you see yourself doing that? I, you know, I think um, I, I don't think I'm going anywhere um, for, for a bit. I mean, I do have some, you know, goals that I set for myself when, when this whole thing started um, that I, I'd like to try to achieve um, and I'm enjoying it. Last year was really hard. Last year was really, really hard. Um, you you know, some good kids last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a good team and, and we had a lot of great kids and, um, but I think if, if we made it through that, um, thing, and maybe that's why I feel the way I do about this season where I'm kind of not sure, I think maybe I'm just enjoying the fact that every Friday we go out and play a game yeah. and on Saturday morning, I have film to watch of the next opponent and we're just preparing, um, and we're playing. So maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the deal. But, um, last year was really, really hard. Um, because you, there's really no right or wrong way to approach it. Um, and you're trying to do the right thing and you don't want your kids, you don't want to lose your kids. And, um, and you know, when it's very obvious that we're not going to play, what do you do? Do you, do you, you start working on, you know, the 2021 season or do you, you know, recognize that your seniors have given you everything they've had for the last four years and try to do as much as you can for them. And, and I'm never going to feel like I did enough for, for those guys. Um, you know, some of it just wasn't in the cards, you know? Um, so as far as staying for a while, I think if I could get through last year, I think I can, I can stay and do this for a while. Um, you know, my stepson is um, 10 and he's playing on the the, the fifth grade team right now. Nice. And we got a lot of kids in youth football and there's a really good buzz going on um, about football. And it's, it's not just, I don't think it's just because we're doing well. I think, um, I think we're doing well partly in part because of there seems to be a growing passion uh, more so than other years in town right. about football. And I think part of that was COVID. I, I think there, there people missed it, you know, our student sections full every Friday uh, and they stay the whole game, regardless of the score. And um, I think that that was something they missed, you know, not being able to go do those things. Uh, and it's, it's been cool. I, I, you know, if there, if there was a positive, that's what I would say, but 
you know, there's been a good atmosphere. There's so, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to yeah. stay. And if, if that brings us to tier one and we got to go, I mean, so be it right. So be it. I mean, let the heck well, like I say all the time, you know, whenever anyone asks and the schedule is such a point of contention for everybody. Um, I just, I just count to see if there's 10 uh, and then go from there because it's really not, something I can control. So you never know though. You never know what the schedule is going to bring and you just got to keep. Yeah, absolutely. And not worry about it. Well, nobody, uh, no, nobody, uh, well, few towns get behind their teams like Brantford, you know, like Brantford does when their teams are, you know, uh, on the cusp of doing something great. I've seen it firsthand. I mean, I was, I witnessed the Kenny years. I was at the Connecticut post, but after a lot of games, we would all come flying back here to Brantford and go hang out at Tommy Sullivan's until they closed. Uh, that was yeah. back in the old day with John Steady and all those gang and Gary, all the, the Brantford staff would show up and we'd be like quiz them on, oh my God, you guys beat Shelton that week and stuff. So I know, you know, there was a buzz then. And, you know, if you win, there becomes a buzz around you guys too. And I, I, I think uh, you're starting to get to that point. I know it's a long way to go, but. Yeah. And I think, well, I think the important thing too is like that our kids understand that that's, that's part of success. Like that's, that's one of the things that comes with success. So you can't let that derail you. You know, um, we got to, I, I said this earlier, like you got to, you can't treat a game like, oh, we're an underdog or we're a favorite or, hey, this is a really tough game. If our kids continue to do that, which is to just, hey, anybody can beat anybody and we just have to prepare for this game and just do our job and control the things that we're in control of, you know, football coach speak, keep your pad level down and drive your legs and all that stuff we've been hearing in every football movie since forever. Yeah, right. If, if they can do those things, then all that hype and buzz and excitement is just a, a, an interesting byproduct of, of success, you know, um, it well, definitely adds to it, but we, uh, we certainly, uh, we certainly think you guys can do it. We certainly, it's a great season so far. Obviously uh, we wish you guys nothing but best of luck the rest of the way. And uh, we promise we won't talk too much more about your, uh, your chances in the class. No, no, playoffs. <laughs> so. well, Hey man, uh, <laughs> Like I said earlier, if, if they if the kids um, are reading game time instead of their game plans, then it's not. Yeah, they're in big trouble. You know? All I'll say one more time, coaches, beat Avon, okay? Beat Avon. That's two weeks gonna, your next game. That's a very easy one to remember, right? That's it. Just just next. Beat that's Avon. it. You there know? you go. And that's it. Thank uh, you we guys will not jinx me. you guys on this show again, I promise. Yeah. No, jinx is, you know, we jinx ourselves. You know, it's, you got you to gotta, – you got to just go out. Right. Pete was on the, the, the Brantford bandwagon and then he fell off somewhere, something, some wheel <laughs> fell off or something. He was all over it. Well, now he's, it's nothing to do with you. That did get mentioned to the team the other day. So that's, you know, I can thank Pete for that now. Two years later, you know, oh, well, it was that it was the preseason 19 pick. Then it was the Thanksgiving pick. I think I picked East Haven. I'm just, I'm on fire with Brantford right now. Yeah. No. Hey, yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, I don't know, Pete. I don't know what to tell you, bud. But well, jump on now, Pete, because the train's leaving the state. No, I don't want to jump on. I, I don't because I, I want to stay far away because they're doing better without me. All right. We don't have we don't have any room for passengers. All We're right. just uh, <laughs> bandwagon's we, full, folks. 
going to ride the yellow, the, the little yellow school bus. Uh, you know, we're going to ride the regular good old fashioned yellow school bus up to Avon and uh, hopefully play well enough to win. It's a nice and, trip and a nice field. And uh, you guys will have some fun. You guys making the trip on Friday to watch them play Farmington first? Yeah. They played Farmington last week. They play Hartford oh, Public this week. Oh, our Hartford Public. Ooh, you guys going to see them? So I, I hopefully are going to try. That's you know we have practice and all that, and yeah. fields are fields are tight in Brantford too. I that's one thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Field right, well, So either way, we wish you all the success in the world, and uh, you know, great start so far. We appreciate you joining us here, and uh, you know, and to give us a little uh, insight on your kids, and away we go. Here we go. It's almost the uh, Almost go times, John. So appreciate you. We're getting there. We are getting there. So I appreciate you guys having me. All right. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate it. So, Pete, that was John Lamone. Doesn't want to talk playoffs. Well, let me tell you, John, you're right in the thick of things. I'm telling you. I I know (laughs) it just kills me. Uh, He doesn't want to hear. They beat win that Avon game. You could pencil the Hornets in for the most part. Uh, You know, I know a lot can happen, but I would say the money would be on, on the Hornets. A lot can happen, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, Guilford is a game we thought they should have won two years ago. Obviously, completely different teams. Could, uh, could Law, lose that. You know, Law's not bad. Um, in East Haven, I mean, that game is is kind of always uh, a good one on Thanksgiving, though. Brantford has won, in my recollection, the last two, keeping East Haven out of the playoffs. So, you know, Brantford's, they're in control of their own destiny, which is always a good thing. And if you're an SEC team and you get into Class M, you know, I would not be happy if I was a Pequot school no. or, you know, uh, you know, Killingly in the ECC. Um, Cause you look at it right now, you got Killingly in the ECC, you got Plainville as the CCC team. Then you got Pequot, 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 SEC, Pequot. So I'm actually incorrect. Avon is a CCC member now, not a Pequot member. They were when I started, but the point remains like, you don't want an SEC team crashing this party. And there's the potential of two of them in Brantford. And we both agree that Notre Dame West Haven, you know, if they could beat West Haven this week, they got Xavier, then hand who's not, you know, having a hand type season. I think this is a good chance for Notre Dame to get in here at seven and three, if they can get in. And then if they're in, you know, watch out. You know, them and Brantford could really spoil the party here for the for the smaller conference schools. Moving quickly at a class S, you know, uh, Bloomfield's kind of like I said, you know, a team that uh, the coaches are still saying we should watch out for. And Sonia, New Fairfield, okay, has a big win, a big game versus Massick this week. We'll make that on the picks, but uh, that will go a long way. They, their schedule now is Notre Dame, Fairfield after that, then Newtown and New Milford. By no means is New Fairfield going to maybe, you know, it, out of the woods yet. In fact, their season is just getting started. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Mask. If they can win that game, it'll go a long way in providing a cushion at least. But cushions are not what you need in Class S. You need to win. And unfortunately, you know, they're going to need some help there if they don't win more than, if not all of them, then at least most of them, three of them. So, and that's a tall, tall order. And then probably unfortunate too. Uh, Cromwell Port and they're five. No, they're playing Granby Canton this week. Another big game. We haven't, we didn't really mention, but a Cromwell Port and that could be curtains right there for Granby Canton. Who knows? Holy cross. They're playing Naugatuck this week. Another big game in class S. So, you know, a lot can happen here. Notre Dame Fairfield. Okay. They're playing Lyman hall this week. They should win that. 
but they also have New Fairfield the week after. So New Fairfield has a chance to make some things move there. Morgan, Coventry, North Brantford, Ellington, Old Saybrook. I see them winning all those games, Morgan. But again, not going to get a lot of points there. So we'll have, have we'll see what happens there. Ledger is the last team we'll talk about. Losing to Stonington. My goodness. Uh, I guess the uh, you know the defense still good, but they need uh, they need a healthier outlook. Yeah, you know, you look at their schedule the rest of the way. I, that Woodstock Academy game at the beginning of the year didn't look like anything special, and now you're looking at, yeah. you know, can they lose two games? And they got Fitch. Yeah, Fitch at the end there. Hopefully. I mean, it went from Ledyard's going to go nine and one or ten and zero oh and get in, and now you're sitting there and you're like, oh man, they'd be lucky to go seven and three. And look out down below, Sheehan also yep. there. Hill House, Hamden, Harford Public, and Lamont Hall. I think Sheen would be favored in many of those games. I think Hamden they should will be, be favored tough, in all those games. You think they're going to win? Ham- look, the thing about Hamden, Hamden was tough for them two years ago when they had, you know, Terrence and Jordan and uh, Simmons, the quarterback. Like, that was a tough game. They had to come back, and they 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 kind of pulled away late. You know, anytime next school plays a double-O school, it's hard. And uh, But, you know, we all picked. Sheen to lose to Amity in their double L school and Sheen won. So I'm, you know, I, I think I've learned my lesson on betting against the, the fight for Aussies. It's going to be a, it was a wild week last week and a wild week coming up this week. Uh, you know, you have number seven Richfield at Wilton. You have number six New Canaan at number three Greenwich, number two St. Joseph at number one Darien. And that's just Saturday. You have number nine Shelton playing Newtown at home and you have Norwalk and number eight playing host Staples in a big game uh, and Hall's playing Glassbury. That's probably and, and Hall and Hawk prep, prep, prep on the sidelines this week, but not for very long because they got big games coming up. My God, B, I'm like, my head is spinning. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this is a big weekend. They we're going to see shake up in the playoff rankings. We're going to see shaking up. Yeah, we're going to see things shaking up in the top 10 poll. Just got to take a breath and try and get through it. Yeah, that's the best thing we do. I'm <laughs> going to take a big breath here and say, that's going to be it for a jam-packed meat grinder at Game Time CT. Pete's got to go do some stuff for St. Joseph. Lots of stuff going on on the website. Don't forget that we also, this is a live action version that goes up on YouTube, usually Wednesday evening, or sorry, Wednesday morning. So check that out if you haven't. A lot of coaches said they haven't. Lots of highlights and goodies there. Thanks for uh, John Lamont for joining us. Thanks for Jess Jacobs. It's Darian for St. Joseph. This has been the Meat Grinder on Game Time CT. <laughs> happy Halloween, <Love> everybody. <laughs> Love you.